Hebrews 12 says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. If I can paraphrase a little bit, for the joy set before him, he gave his life for us. It was out of joy, not, he didn't find joy, he, he didn't, it, it wasn't pleasant for him to suffer, but he was looking to us and what he could do in our hearts and the freedom that we could walk into and the grace that we could receive, and so he found joy in that. He found joy in giving, giving of himself. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. I think we spend too much time, and I can definitely testify in my life, we spend too much time looking, for what, looking at what we don't have and looking to what other people do have. Like, it's so unfair. Why does that person have that? He doesn't deserve that. Why don't I have that? No one deserves anything. Everything that we have is by the grace of God. Your time, your energy, your finances, your family, your home, your friends, your ability to work, to earn money, everything that we have is by the grace of God. What if we spent more time being thankful for what we do have and looking to what others don't have with love, with compassion, with grace, and give joyfully as the Macedonians gave joyfully? Freely you have received, freely give. That was the heart of the Macedonian church. I don't deserve what I have, but God gave it to me anyways, so I can give to someone else who doesn't deserve it either. When I look at what I don't have, or what I should have, or what I want to have, I get a little bit sad, right, because I don't have those things, and I get greedy because I really want those things. I actually start to make up plans. How can I save more money? How can I do this? I can buy that, 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 that. And what I actually end up doing is I rob myself of joy, because I'm looking to everything that I don't have. How can I be happy when I look at that? I rob myself of joy. But when I look at what I do have, I am so overwhelmed by the goodness and grace of God, because, and if I understand that grace, and not just in my head, but in my heart, I understand that I actually deserve none of that, and so I can be so thankful for that. And I will look to others as Jesus did, looking to others, giving of his life. I can look to others with love and compassion and grace, and I can just give joyfully. The second scripture we're going to look at is 1 Thessalonians. All the verses I'm reading out of comes out of the, the NRV. And again, this is Paul, and he's writing to the, to the Thessalonians. And so the interesting thing is that when he, when he writes to the Corinthians, and he talks about the Macedonian churches, which is a region, one of those churches is Thessalonica, is, is the church in Thessalonica. And so that's the church that he's writing to here in Thessalonians a couple of years before. And um, so it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 19 to 20. It says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes, is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So you see, Paul invested, he gave himself to the Thessalonians. He sowed into their lives. Brad spoke last week about sowing and reaping. And when we read in scripture about how passionate Paul was about the gospel and about people, I can imagine not just giving of his finances, but giving of his time and his, and his energy and his gifts. He really would have poured himself out into these people. And not only does he reap 
a financial reward many years later. It wasn't for himself. It was actually to advance the gospel. Um, but he also reaps, you are our joy. That's what he says. And um, so what, what, what I read in that scripture is Paul is saying there's joy in doing life with people. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we have life groups. Um, so if you're not a part of a life group, please go plug in, as Grant mentioned earlier, because there is joy in doing life with people. I can testify to that. I have an incredible life group. I think some of them are here this morning. Woo-hoo! Yes. I love them to bits. Their authentic love for Jesus and people is amazing to be around. It's contagious. And um, whenever I'm with them, I'm honestly, I leave I just leave in such a better mood than what I was before. On Wednesday, I was actually quite tired. I didn't feel like hosting anyone in my home, but I had them around and I left full of joy. That never would have happened if we as a church didn't sow into the Alpha course. You guys remember the Alpha course we ran in Summerstrand last year? We planted a life group out of that. There are now young men and women who love Jesus, following Jesus together. I want you guys to reap that joy this morning. I don't just want to preach on it. I want you to reap that joy this morning. That that you have affected people's lives in some way or the other. Even if you've just prayed into that, it is incredible because your heart has been poured out into that. And you see, I think too often we dances. If I had this or if things were like this, then I would be happy. And actually, Paul links, he, well, he finds his joy in Jesus and in doing life with people. Um, if you try to link your joy to your possessions or your circumstances, you will never attain that joy because you will never have enough. You will never have enough. And that is that bag mentality that Nick spoke about two weeks ago. Um, he spoke about a bag versus a barn mentality. And so the bag mentality sounds a little bit like this, I never have enough. It's like a bag that we keep f- putting more and more stuff in, but there's actually holes that have been poked in the bottom. And we put stuff in, and it just pours out. And we just keep on putting in, putting in, putting in, and we're never full. We're never satisfied. There's more that we look to. I get like this too much, actually. It's actually sinful, and I have to keep on going back to my father and repenting because I look to the world and what it offers me, and my bag just keeps getting emptied and emptied and emptied, and I'm never satisfied. But when our joy is found in Jesus, found in doing life with people, we have that bondman. I have more than enough. The Macedonians, even in their extreme poverty, said, I have more than enough. They even exceeded Paul's expectations in how much they gave. That is is an incredible heart. You see, joy comes from the grace we have received from Jesus. And we can have that grace before giving, during giving, and after, because it is not reliant on what we have or in the position we find ourselves in. But we can find our joy in Jesus. And He does not give as the world gives. Jesus' joy is everlasting. Ravi Zacharias tells of a Hebrew parable, and it goes like this. It says, God is like the light. Happiness and prosperity are like the shadow. If you face the light and walk towards the light, the shadow will follow you. If you turn your back on the light and chase the shadow, you'll never catch up with it. 
you'll never catch up with it. When we look to the world as our source of joy, we turn our backs on Jesus, which means we will never really attain that joy. So we don't chase joy, we chase the joy giver. His name is Jesus. And following Him and loving Him as He loved us and giving as He gave, that is when we can experience joy. It is an inevitable, an inevitable byproduct of following Jesus. Third scripture I want us to look at this morning comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 6 to 8. Again, I'm, I'm reading out of the NIV. This is another letter that Paul has written to the church in Corinth. And um, reading from verse 6 to 8, it says, Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Three things that I just wanted to highlight out of this passage of Scripture. The one, and Brad taught on it last week, and if you missed that message, please go back and listen to it. All our sermons are they're uploaded on Spotify, Apple Music, and various other platforms. If you missed it, please go listen to it, because I'm not going to teach on it, but I want to reference what he said. Um, and uh, he spoke about not uh, giving um, out of compulsion, as it reads in this chapter, do not uh, give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So if you feel at all uh, pressurized or manipulated by something that we've said up here, then don't give, because that's sinful. So there's no pressure, there's no manipulation to do that, because it needs to come from your heart. Because God loves a cheerful giver. The second thing, um, if I read verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Just a reminder not to put, uh, not to look to what we don't have but constantly to put our trust in God because there are countless scriptures that says that He will provide what we need. That means we give when we feel we need to give. And I, I've got to constantly repent of this because often I, would, I feel, if I can be a bit vulnerable, that I need to give in some way or, or other, whatever it might be. It might be financially, it might be opening up my home, um, but then what I do immediately after I've felt that, and, and I, it's not just some feeling, I really feel God asking me to do this, the first thing I do is I look at my circumstances and I look at my finances. That's the first thing that I do. How much money's in the bank account? How much food's in the cupboard? How much petrol's in my car? When I do that, I don't give like 90% of the time. If that's my first resort to look at after God has spoken, generally, I don't give. We need to give when we feel 
that we must give. And I'm not just talking about finances. This series is not about finances. It's about generosity. And like I spoke about Paul, he pouring his heart into the Thessalonians, into the people that he encountered. He poured everything. It was his time. It was his gifts. It was maybe it's opening up your home. Maybe it's cooking a meal for someone. Maybe it's interacting with someone that maybe you don't like. (laughs) So that you can learn to love that person the way that Jesus loves them as well. We're talking about generosity. But I can testify to this, that when I do obey Christ and I give when he's asked me to give, he supplies my need every time. He's never let me down. He's never let me down. I've walked into situations where I have nothing inside of me and he fills me up, no money in my bank account. God supplies my every need. I'm not reckless, but I'm a, I want to be obedient. Like I said, I'm not always, and I repent of that. And the third thing I just want to highlight for us It comes out of verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. So there's a decision in your heart to give, and then there's actually giving. Because wanting to be generous and being generous are two different things. And if you're like me, this series has really affected your heart. I've sat the last two weeks, and um, three weeks actually, and been really convicted of my heart and, and just my generosity in, in everything, and that is not enough. It is a great place to start because God is focused on your heart, and that needs to change. But if that is there, without, there needs to be follow-through. Scripture talks about follow-through, talks about perseverance. We don't persevere in easy times. We persevere in hard times. And so we can give. The good news is that we can give joyfully in good times, And in bad times, because our joy is in Jesus. Imagine, I told you that story about um, me and my younger brother buying a a gift for my middle brother. It was actually a a bag. He's now leading life team at Cornerstone Church in Joburg, and he needed a bag for his laptop. Buy him that. Well, we didn't buy him that because we split the cost. Imagine if I spent that money on myself. Not only would I be robbing myself of the joy that it is to give to someone else, but I would be looking back now with regret. Like, like I've spent it on myself. Was it really worth it? What have I really gained? What does it gain a man? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet to forfeit his soul? That's my final encouragement to us, Bay City. Let's bring to completion that which God has started in our hearts. I think the saddest thing we could do is allow our hearts to be stirred up, to want to give generously, and then go home and start worrying about what we don't have. Why don't we go home and look at what we do have and be thankful to God for what we do have and look to others, look to what they don't have with joy and love and rich generosity And look to the grace of God and find joy in that. Because I have. Jesus changed my whole life. I was reminded of that this morning. I need to be reminded of that. Um, That I was very, very sinful. It's not like I'm devoid of given to me, even though I don't deserve it, that I can find joy no matter what's happening around me, no matter what my circumstances are. So in all times, when I give, 
and I'm obedient, I can have joy and we can have joy in Jesus. Can I pray for us? Can I call the worship team up while I pray? Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor this morning. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for the cross, Lord Jesus, for that incredible act of grace. I want to thank you for the grace you show us every day, for new life found in you, for freedom found in you. I pray for an incredible revelation of that grace this morning, Lord that we wouldn't just understand that in our heads, but in our hearts, that it would absolutely consume us. We deserve nothing, and yet you gave us everything. You gave us yourself, Lord Jesus. Won't that be a catalyst for our love for you increasing, Lord, our love for others increasing, our generosity increasing, our joy pray that your word and your spirit will affect our hearts in such a way that we give everything to you, fully surrendered to you, Jesus, that our joy would overflow because of your grace, that we would count it as a privilege to give. We would look for opportunities to be generous. I pray that you reveal yourself to us this morning in a very real and very radical way, Lord Jesus, in a relational way, Lord Jesus, that those that don't know you this morning would encounter the living God. I pray that we would be a church that is so captivated by you that we are not phased by what the world offers. I pray that we would find joy in serving you, in blessing others, in following you, Jesus. I pray that you just fill us with your spirit right now, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, can I ask that we stand and worship this king that we serve. And I want to make a call on some of us this morning. Again, like I said, I don't just want to preach about joy, but I want us to experience joy this morning. If you are lacking joy in your life, and it doesn't just have to be joy in giving, but if you are lacking joy in your life, you need a fresh revelation of that grace that I spoke about. Maybe you've never encountered Jesus in a relational way. Maybe you don't know who he is. Maybe your life you, have, you want a taste of that joy this morning. As we sing, I want to invite you to the front. I'm going to be with you. There's some leaders here with you. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. You will encounter the joy of the Lord this morning. Let's worship.